including tax and shipping and everything wow. so uh, it was a used book but uh, amen it, 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 all the pages were there and everything is necessary is there so uh, I, I would suggest uh, if you're computer uh, computer savvy uh, go on and uh, Google and uh, maybe get you a used one if 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 you if you say, Brother Dave, uh, I'm not into that computer stuff, I'll give you a hand. Amen. I'll order one for you. Just let me know. Amen. Praise God. But here we are. We're in the last chapter uh, of the book and the last chapter of, the, of Galatians, which is chapter 6. Amen. We covered the first six questions last uh, week. We had a talkative crowd. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. I get tired of hearing myself sometimes. Amen. <laughs> Not all the time, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I got the phone call from Derek. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. In Gal and so we're covering from uh, Galatians chapter 6, uh, verse 7 to uh, 18. Uh, that's uh, the last section we're covering. Uh, Paul addresses the principle of sowing and reaping, urging believers to be mindful of the consequences of their actions. Can somebody say consequences? Consequences. Say all things are lawful. Amen. All things, are, you know, are not expedient though. Amen. Because sometimes there's consequences uh, to eating uh, uh, fatty foods all the time and, and drinking sugary uh, drinks all day long. Amen. There's consequences. It catches up to you later in life. I don't know if you know that, but I, I figured that out. Amen. Because I never would listen uh, to nobody else. <laughs> so consequences will talk when everybody else uh, can't get through to you. Praise God. Uh, he warns against being deceived. Whether a person so, uh, and whatever a person sows, they will also reap. Those who sow to please their own flesh will reap destruction, but those who sow to please the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul emphasizes the importance of perseverance, encouraging believers not to grow weary in doing good. He assures them that in due time they will reap a harvest if they do not give up. Amen. Man, you, and uh, I want you to realize that a lot of the promises of God have contingencies. Amen. They have, you know, uh, they, uh, they have qualifiers. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you will reap a, a, a harvest if you do not give up. Amen. You can't give up. Give up is, should not even be in your vocabulary. You should be looking at me, 
right now and say, Brother Dave, what's, what's give up mean? I don't, I, I don't, that's not my vocabulary. I don't know what that means. We should not uh, ever, ever, ever give up. Amen. Amen. Paul concludes his letter with a reflection on the significance of the cross of Christ. He declares that boasting in anything except the cross is meaningless. For through the cross, believers have been crucified to the world and the world to them. And he also mentions it's not circumcision or uncircumcision that matters, but being a new creation in Christ. That's what matters. Amen. Paul bears the marks of Jesus in his body, symbolizing his identification with Christ's suffering and the transformation it brings. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I've, never, I've never been uh, beaten up uh, for the gospel. I've never been uh, whipped with a whip for the gospel. I've never been ship, shipwrecked for the gospel. Uh, there's a, you know, any suffering I've done is probably because of my own actions. Yeah. Amen. My own consequences. Amen. But uh, I've never truly suffered for the gospel. Amen. I, we, I might have been inconvenienced a couple times, but I've never really suffered for the gospel. Amen. And that's one of the benefits of living in, uh, in, in America, amen. There's not tremendous uh, persecution at this time, amen. Uh, I believe there will be a day when that will be true. But right now, we got it pretty good, amen. Then Paul prays for a peace and mercy upon those who follow this rule, the Israel of God. He affirms that nothing matters except being a new creation, born of the Spirit, he concludes with a benediction, expressing his desire for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to be with their spirit, those Galatians, and also by implication, us, amen, because we can apply uh, the book of Galatians to our own lives as well. That's the beauty of the word of God, amen. It is written to other congregations, but it transcends uh, time and space, amen, and it, and, and it can be applied in our lives as well. Then, uh, and then wrapping it all up, uh, Galatians chapter 6 encapsulates Paul's exhortation on living in accordance with the Spirit, the significance of the cross, and the ultimate transformation found in being a new creation in Christ. Amen. That's the ultimate goal, to be transformed. Amen. If, if, if your Christian experience hasn't changed you, hasn't changed your opinions, hasn't changed your attitudes. Maybe you're going to ex check your experience and make sure that you're in it to win it, to make sure that you are uh, dedicated and committed to this thing. Because it, 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 you know, the, the, just a, a little bit of faith in this is going to cause change. Amen. Apply all your faith. Apply all of your being to this gospel. Amen. And watch it transform your life from uh, from the top of your head to the to the soles of your feet amen praise God we left off uh, we finished the first sec first section the first uh, six questions we're going to start with the uh, question seven uh, Galatians 6 verses 7 through 10 let's read that portion of scripture uh, before we uh, start answering the questions and uh, they have it on the screen. Amen. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, 
that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Amen. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Praise God. Question seven. What are the two fields in which behavior is sown? Amen. Uh, go ahead, uh, Pastor Ernie. Okay. There you go. It says, so, so do the flesh reap corruption. And it's like a farmer has a field, and he's out there all day long sowing seeds for tomatoes. He's not going to get pickles. He's not going to get something else, onions. And what we sow to the flesh is what we reap. It's, it's a miserable place to be, but you reap corruption. And again, sow into the spirit. It says reap eternal life. But we also reap while we're down here. That feeling of God's presence, his anointing, his touching on our lives. So, so to the flesh, you get corruption. So to the spirit, eternal life and, and God's presence. Amen. The Bible's full of agricultural metaphors. Yeah. Amen. Because it's, most, it's something that most of us can understand. And it's like, we're, we're farmers. Every day when we get up, we open our front door. We look out in, in our yard. There's two fields. There's the field of the flesh. And there's a field of the spirit. Which one are you going to work in today? Right. Amen. Amen. Which one are you going to uh, put forth effort in? Because it, it makes a difference. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Sister Liz, do you have anything to add to that? Or, uh? um, I have uh, pretty similarly to what Brother Ernie had wrote. I said um, the two fields to sow into, or which behavior is sown into, is to please the, the flesh and to please the spirit. Amen. There's a, brother, there's a thing called the law of diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. And what that basically means, there are some things that the more effort you put into them, the worse it gets. <laughs> the less it becomes worth it. And that's what Paul is saying, is that your flesh is subject to the law of diminishing returns. You do stuff that makes you feel good, mm -hmm. but in the end, it's not going to profit you. But as you go into spiritual spiritual investing, it reaps a different type of profit on an investment mm -hmm. line. So that's, that's how I think. When I put this in, <laughs> what, what kind of return are you going to get on it? And I think that's a good way for ourselves to evaluate ourselves and our actions and how we treat people and speak to people. If I interact with you this way, what's, what's going to be the return on this investment? Because every interaction you have with a person is an investment. And I just, I just thought of a question. What if someone's listening online and they say, well, what are you talking about? Sow into the flesh or sow into the spirit. What, what, what if there's someone that's new, doesn't know anything about the Bible or God or anything, and they're going, what's this sow into the flesh and what's this sow into the spirit? Go ahead, Liz. Well, if you're sowing into the flesh, you're giving into like carnal desires. You're very impulsive. So, and that could be as simple as, you know, 
like like Pastor was saying, what you invest in. So, for mm -hmm. example, if you're sowing into your flesh, you let's say you have diabetes and you know that you should not be drinking soda every day yeah. or having a bowl of ice cream every day or you know eating that bad candy, but you want it, so you do it every day. Well, the the repercussions, your harvest of that is going to be higher A1C numbers and you know more struggles and complications related mm. to your diabetes. So it's this is the harvest that you're sowing into, so you're going to reap the benefits of that. <laughs> yeah. If you were to restrict yourself from those things, then you would have a more prosperous harvest, lower numbers, maybe mm -hmm. weight loss, and and depending on your type of diabetes you have, you can possibly be remission. Right. So it's just to give an example. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're using a medical metaphor there, but there are there are behaviors from our flesh. Now, like a carnal desire is like food. That's not necessarily uh, anything wrong or, or or destructive, but you know there are other behaviors. There's pe there's there's people that um, are angry all the time, and they feed on that anger. And, and, and if, if they're not angry, they'll, they'll start something with someone so they can be angry. Yeah. And, and some of us probably have family like that, too, you know? <laughs> oh, good. Good. Well, I was just going to say, you, you reminded me of, of an example, something along those lines, because I was actually just talking to my children about that earlier. Um, you know, for example, if you, have a, a, you know, if you have a tendency to be a person who stretches the truth, mm -hmm. or disregards it altogether, the, the harvest of that action is going to be people are not going to believe you. Right. They're going to question everything that comes out of your mouth. Amen. And once that damage is done, it takes a lot more time to recover what you've broken. Yeah. And that is the consequence of that. Just like if you were to say maybe, you know, the thing that you're struggling with that might be of the flesh, maybe you're struggling with the sexuality of some sort, maybe you are hypersexual mm -hmm. and you indulge yourself in pornography. If you spend a lot of time viewing those type of videos, that could impact your relationships negatively. You know, yeah. You could, yeah. You could not be treating somebody who is interested in a relationship with you in the way that they deserve to be treated. Because right. those videos are not an accurate depiction of what a real physical relationship between two consenting adults looks like. Amen. So you're poisoning your mind. And it's right. going to spill over into the romantic relationships that you enter into. Amen. It's for another example. And, and a lot of people don't realize the, the deep psychological damage that mm -hmm. pornography causes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, there, and there's consequences. Amen. It, 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 can, it can mess up your future relationships. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, and uh, let's, let's just get real. Uh, Ted Bundy. Serial killers. Well, what, what, what's the uh, common denominator uh, between uh, serial rapists and, 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 and serial killers and all this? Pornography. Because it's like a drug. You start off, you start off with, a, uh, with the bikini mag, and then that doesn't do you anymore, so you've got to move on to something a little stronger. And then, you, and, and then the, the, the spiral downward. It gets into sick, twisted things, amen, because, it, because the, the high that you got the day before doesn't do you today, 
and it, and, and it is, it's brain chemicals. Sure. And, it, and, it's a, and it's a drug addiction to brain chemicals that are stimulated by the pornography. Uh, Pastor Willie. I, I was just thinking about when you said that we talk about sowing to the flesh and what that literally means is sowing to what your soul desires, mm -hmm. you know? Right. How much life have we lost because we kept friends in our life that we should have cut, cut loose yeah. years ago? Oh yeah. But we got something from them that we needed, whether they made us feel better or made us feel good when we were around them, but they took us down. And I'm pretty sure everybody can remember at least one relationship in their life and they're like, that was such a waste of my time. Right. <laughs> and all it did was make me worse. But when we have something that we like, we tend to sow to it. And I think that's why first of the year and all throughout the year, fasting is so important because it teaches you to break your flesh, mm -hmm. to look beyond your wants and to look beyond your desires and to seek the desires mm -hmm. of God. And I think a lot of uh, the things we fall into now, we don't break our flesh. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, look at us. Well, not us, y'all are. Right, but look at me. I mean, that's, oh that's, yeah, yeah. We we overindulge in food. We overindulge in all sorts of things simply because we're sowing to our flesh, and and we could spend that time much more to the spirit. And like, I'm not gonna talk all night, but yeah. I I thought this was funny. Mm -hmm. The the backlight in our TV in our bedroom went off, and me being me, I thought about buying another one, and I said, no, I'm gonna order one. I'm gonna wait. Well, the part hadn't got here. And I have noticed that since the TV in our bedroom is no longer on, how much more stuff we can focus on. Right. And how much of a distraction that really is. Mm -hmm. How much time do we sow to our flesh on TikTok, on Facebook, or whatever? If you're watching now, keep watching. We appreciate you. This isn't to <laughs> yeah. the flesh. This is to the spirit. Yeah. A shameless commercial. But anyway, <laughs> how much time do we waste? Yeah. Right. And our lives don't improve because we're caught in this cycle. Yeah. Amen. And that's that's a a good uh, 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 in I mean a good example of the sowing to the spirit. Yeah. Being at Bible study, being at church when the doors are open. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, being in prayer. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, just because you have a set prayer time of the day doesn't mean you can't pray any other time too. Yeah. Amen. Hey, have you ever seen the Muslim people? They pray five times a day. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. And it doesn't matter where they're at. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll pull that blanket out, roll it out there, and get down yeah. and pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Five times a day. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, they'll be at work. You know, the, you know a lot of them, uh, you know, they have a special room that they can go to and, and pray. You know. Yeah. But, but we're not limited to five times a day. We can pray all day long if you want. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, uh, so uh, just, uh, just get that in your head. Or let us get that in our head. Amen. We can pray anytime. That's just a pat. But what I found interesting working at Harper Hospital for 26 years, the Muslim people got to do that. Mm -hmm. We were not allowed to leave our desk. Right. <laughs> well, it's because you're a Christian. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And two, it's because they're more disciplined and principled. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like we would tell people when I worked in retail, if you're going to tell people you don't work on Sunday, you can't ever come in on any Sunday. They're dedicated to that. Yeah. We do it when we get ready. Yeah. But we want people to honor <laughs> and respect like our stuff. But we're not consistent. Like you said, they're consistent. And sometimes you can learn something from a heathen. <laughs> you know, you really can. Uh, or somebody that's an unbeliever that maybe if 
I showed, you know, this type of deal, they would respect that as well. Right. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, uh, sister. Uh, I think that part of the problem with that kind of situation, too, is that a lot of people find it hard to devote themselves to things, you mm -hmm. know, and especially like as Christians, I've noticed that a lot of us will make excuses for ourselves. Well, I'm busy. I've got this to do. I got to work. I got to make dinner. I got to do this. I got to do that. But there's a multitude of ways to, pray, or to to praise God and to you know touch base with Him. Even if you're mm -hmm. if you're cooking dinner, clearly you can't get down on your knees and close your eyes and have that conversation with Him. But you know what you can do? Mm -hmm. You can turn on your phone or your TV or you know your iPod, whatever you want to listen to music on, and you can turn on some praise and worship and you can hoop and holler and shake your booty while you're cooking yeah. dinner <laughs> and give a praise. You know, Amen. there's never an excuse. And that and and I think that there's a lot of people who they they compartmentalize the fact that they're a Christian. Mm -hmm. Like it's a part of them, yeah. but it's not them. Do you know right. what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like saying like when people, I guess to pull from something worldly, it would be like saying, well, I'm an Aries. I'm born in March. I'm an Aries. You know, it's, mm. it's a part of me, mm. but it's, it's not all of me, but it's part of me. But like as Christians, we're called for it to be all of us. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and, and in order for it to be, you know, a heavy sitting part of us and to be a heavy part of our lives, we have to put in that conscious effort Amen. to, to make those connections every day. And even if you are very busy, like I said, I mean, you can listen to a song for three to five minutes, Right. you know, I mean, it's, it's not that difficult, you know, you can't accidentally be a Christian. No, you got to be a Christian on purpose. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of effort and, and there's a lot of things coming at you that try to stop you, but it, it you know, it's a uphill battle, but you have to be willing to take it on. Amen. Brother Bob? Brother Dave, I'm reminded of the scripture where, uh, about the parable that Jesus told about this king and the widow that came to him. The widow that came to the king persistently and uh, he would pay no attention, but she never gave up. She mm -hmm. was relentless. And the king says, I'd better do something or this woman is going to wear me out. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing this. Right. And at the end of the parable, when Jesus got done telling this parable, he said this. Man ought always pray and not faint. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's uh, the woman of importunity. That's it. Amen. That's it. She was persistent. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Incessant prayer. Yes. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Uh, Brother Dave? Yeah. I, uh, I put this up, a question that says, drop an answer. What things can I, we sow in our flesh that we can stop someone into? And, and uh, Rose says, sports, movies, rock. Rock concerts, fashion, anything that does not glorify God. And I, I think in a way, those things, mm -hmm. anything that, that you take to an extreme right. can become an idol. I, I see a lot now people in the sports gambling and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that people get religious about sports and sports centers and all these talk shows. Nothing wrong with the things, but I think sometimes we can get overzealous in them right. and lose our focus on God. Yeah. Good answer, Rose. Like... Uh Paul said, "Moderation in all things." Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even even a good thing can be become evil because 
we focus on it so much that there's no focus left on God. Right. And, uh, Amen. Yeah. Question eight says, what harvest will each field produce? We talked about the field of the flesh and the field of the spirit. Uh, what, are the, what, what, are the, uh, what is the harvest of each field? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And anybody want to touch more on that? I think it's pretty cut and dried. Amen. Mm -hmm. What point, uh, question nine says, what point is Paul making in uh, chapter six, verses seven to ten? What, what's the main point out of uh, those uh, uh, four scriptures there? Hmm. Go ahead, Sister Liz. I think his main point was essentially just to tell us, you know, don't become tired of doing good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to see yeah. the, the end of the race when you're in the middle of it, you know? And I think it's just kind of the gentle reminder and nudging in the right direction. You know, hey, things are going to be tough. Things are going to look bleak at times, you know? And he lists at one point the things that he's been through, you know? And it's just one of those reminders where if you if you keep going, even when you feel tired, so long as your faith is in Jesus and those moments where you feel tired, he's gonna keep you going until you're ready to keep going on your own. Amen. You know? Sometimes we have to lean a little bit more on him and then other times we're more fueled by him. It just depends on the situation. But if we keep going, our harvest will come. Our right. rewards will come. Mm hmm I think it was King David that said my foot almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked mm -hmm. until, until I went to the house of the Lord and I saw their end. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes doing the right thing uh, can be frustrating because you see people that are not doing the, uh, the right thing uh, ostensibly or on the surface looking like they're prospering even though they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. But uh, that's not God's method, and God has promised that if we continue to do the right thing, amen, we will reap a harvest. Pastor Willie. Yeah. Uh, Tina Bill, uh, for the answer to the last question, she put down gossiping, and that, that's really true. Mm -hmm. um, that's the thing that we could sow. But I think the overarching principle is whatever you want, you plant. Yeah. I think a lot of times people in the pew look up at the pastor or people behind the stage and say, I can't be like them. Yes, you can. Yes. Whatever you want. Right. You plant. They're humans just like you. If you want to be more spiritual, you can spend more time in prayer. You can spend more time studying. If you are what, what's that old saying? You are what you eat. Yeah. Right. Well, you reap what you plant. I'm, from, I'm a country boy. Not one time have I planted collard greens and looked for watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to be more spiritual, I start just planting those seeds, and although you might not, I want to encourage somebody who may be listening or may be in the room, you may not be where you want to be spiritually, but just start planting the right stuff. Make some time for Bible study. If you're working in, during this time, you can't make Bible study, go back and get the stream or whatever the case is. Open up your Bible. Spend a little extra time in praying, and you'll be surprised as time matriculates what, what you reap from those things. Right. Amen. That's certain. Just recently, a brother, uh, he was 60, 62 years old, went home to be with Jesus. Uh, country singer, I believe, Toby Keith. Right. 
And his life, he, he always talked about Jesus. He always talked about walking with the Lord. He, he helped veterans. He helped the homeless. That sort of thing. So when people take a look at what his life was, I'm sure they, you know, good country music or whatever, but they also see that he was a, a stand-up for the Lord Jesus Christ, and his lifestyle was following after him, even though whatever country music is, he sang a lot of that. Yeah. But, but God used him mightily. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, Sister Liz? I was just going to say, you know, kind of piggybacking off what Pastor said, I think it's important to remember and to put it out there for people who are listening who may be newer in their walk or maybe they are having, you know, some stumbles and things like that. That, you know, like Pastor said, everybody struggles at one point or another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody's free from struggle. Yeah. But it's also important to remember that when you first become a Christian, you're not, I mean, you're gonna feel a little, you know, confused on where you need to go and how to go about things. But remember, everybody starts somewhere. You know, right. just like a baby when they're born, what do they start with? They start mm -hmm. with milk. You're not just gonna stick a T-bone steak in their mouth and say, go out of kid. Right. You can't do that, yeah. you can't eat it. Right. So everybody has to start somewhere. And yeah. if your starting of, you know, your daily walk with the Lord is, if, if, if the way that it's easier for, easiest for you to connect with him every day is to put on some music, do that. Do that. If that's mm -hmm. the way that it's easiest for you to connect with him at first, right. pursue that. And then the other things will fall into place. It takes time to get to that point, though. So it's just important for people not to beat themselves up over it. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? Uh Right, let's move on to question 10. What helps you keep going on days when you are weary of doing good? What, what, what's your go-to? <laughs> what, what gets you out of that hole? Amen. Can I give an unchristian answer? <laughs> Go ahead. Honesty. <laughs> Right. A lot of times we can't get help as Christians because we lie to ourselves. Mm -hmm. You get tired mm -hmm. of doing the right thing sometimes when people are doing that's wrong to you. And what we've been taught to do is deny that we feel that way. Uh -huh. yeah. And be honest. God wants us to be able to be honest so he can help us in our weaknesses. We said, the Bible says we have not a high priest that uh, can't understand what we're going through. Sometimes okay. we need to go to God and say, you know what? I did right to this person. They did me wrong. I know what I'm supposed to do. Help me make it through these feelings because I'm not wanting to do the right thing. Mm. And we have a God that he can handle that, that we can go to him and, and bear our heart and tell him, I'm weary and doing good right now. <laughs> I did good for them and they did bad to me. <laughs> and, and we can talk to him and he can be comforted. I think honesty it's one of the best things we could do as Christians. Now, don't stay there. Don't sulk and right. go find somebody else to, to try to see. That's right. You out of here. No, that's not what you want. But when you're honest with God, you'll surround yourself with good Christian people. You can say, come pray for me. Mm -hmm. I need it right now. Amen. You know, sometimes that's just a matter of pride. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm, supposed to be, I'm supposed to be the spiritual one around here. So uh, I can't let anybody know that I'm uh, uh, struggling with something. Amen. Mm -hmm. Tina says, speaking the word of God. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen. Yes. Speak the word. Amen. Amen. And, and there, 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 there's a, a real point in that, too. Speaking the word. Mm -hmm. Instead of just reading the Bible, reading the verse, speak it out loud. Because the Bible says, the, faith, uh, comes, faith by comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the word of God. What better voice uh, to speak the word of God than your own voice? Amen. You're internalizing it. You're incorporating it. You're burying it in your spirit when you speak the word of God. Amen. Uh, Sister Liz? I was just going to say, I think a lot of people, um, and I know I've had moments like this too, where sometimes we get so wrapped up in, it's almost like, I, I guess, like a, to me, the way that I see it is kind of like a legalism, where we get into this pattern with our prayer where we're like, you know, we're just like Heavenly Father, this, that, and the third, flower, flower, praise, praise, okay, amen. It's perfectly okay to, to get down on your knees and just be like, God, this this is, this sucks. I don't know what mm -hmm. to do with this. This is hard. Amen. I'm feeling <laughs> bitter. I'm not feeling the smiles today. Like, I mean, you know, when he pulled you to him, when he called you, he knew you had that in your heart. He knew that you might be short-tempered or that you might have a, you know, a penchant to lie more than you should or that, you know, you cry at the drop of a dime when it's not necessary. He knows all of this. <laughs> and he's not going to be offended. If you tell him, like, God, this is, this is terrible, you know, he's going to be pretty much going to look at you and be like, yeah, it is. Like, what are we going to do about it? You know, what, you know? but you're not going to get that feedback unless you're talking to him. Right. And you've got to bring the good, the bad, and the ugly to him for him to be able to do anything with you. You can't hide it away until you think it's good enough for him. Right. Because if he wanted you to hide it away, then he wouldn't have called you to begin with. Amen. It's like the people that want get, to get everything straight before they come to Jesus. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I want to go to church and I want to do the right thing and I want to live for God, but I got some things I got to clear up first. Oh, yeah. oh that's your oh self-effort and works. Uh, how's that been working for you so far? So far Amen. Yeah. Amen. No, no, no. It's give that to Jesus. Give those all those imperfections, those things you're working through. Give them to Jesus and let Him help you work those things out. Because if you could have done it, you would have already done it. Amen. Amen. Give it to Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Pastor, Pastor Ernie. I had a biker buddy of mine who came to me and said, now, Pastor Ernie, calm down a little bit. There are things that I did. You know, he says, I don't mind if I just get to garden the flowers outside the gate of heaven. And I said, well, brother, there's a little more than that that you've got you to straighten out in your life. You know? I said, God loved, Jesus loved you, but... You know, you have to be willing to give up some things to serve him. Mm -hmm. I said, well, everybody's bad about something. I said, well, that's true. But I said, you got to think about what you're doing. It's like me during this last 11 days where I've had serve pro in my home every day <laughs> with hammers and saws. And, and I'm getting a little frustrated with it. And the guy came today and he said, well, Mr. Lang, 75% uh, of everything in your home is going to be replaced. So Christine gets this big grin on her face, and she's over on the computer looking for new carpeting and hardwood and, and couches and chairs. So, Amen. you know, God can use things like that right. in your life because it picked her up a lot, and she's, you know, finding some other stuff to do now. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, yeah, when... when, when when everything starts caving in, amen, and you're, you're weary of doing good, yeah. sometimes just like Sister Liz was talking about, having an honest conversation with God. Yeah. I've had those prayers where I was, Lord, I don't even know what to pray here. Yeah. Lord, I don't even know how to describe the problem. There you go. I just know that whatever, whatever it is, you have the answer to it. 
because you've always had the answer to it. And every time I've been in need, you've always had the answer. And, and I know I can depend on you. Sometimes you've got to have a prayer like that. Sometimes, sometimes just speak it out. You know, uh, people uh, pay lots of money to go to a psychiatrist and lay on the couch and, and just vent all their problems. Well, save yourself the money, you know, uh, and vent to Jesus. Amen. Just vent. Just, Lord, I'm frustrated because. You know, get, get descriptive. Just like you were sitting there talking to somebody. He is real. Amen. And, and just, just speak your problems out there and uh, put them in his hands. Amen. And quit worrying about it. Amen. Because if they're in his hands, even your hands aren't going to be ringing. Amen. This is true. Because uh, th that anxiety uh, and depression that comes out of uh, not dealing with uh, things in your life. Amen. Trying to, you know, proverbial sweeping things under the carpet, you know. It, a lot of times uh, we can do a lot of damage by avoiding the issues and not facing them head on. Amen. Uh, I was telling my wife the other day how that uh, uh, I had this... Uh, habit in the first grade. It didn't last very long, but I, I started uh, taking my math homework, wadding it up into a ball and shoving it all the way to the back of my desk. And, and almost a, a couple of weeks went by and man, this is working pretty good. And then the teacher says, David, where is your math homework? Uh, it's in my desk. So I had to pull all those little balls of paper that I had crammed. I had to pull them out, and I had to un unroll them. They were all wrinkly and stuff, and I had to take those home and, and, and fill them out and bring them back. Amen. They looked horrible because I had wadded them up. You know, I, I conveniently got rid of those things. Amen. But they came back to bite me. Amen. Yeah, I didn't get out of them. Amen. The, the teacher made sure that I filled them all out and, and turned them in. Amen. So that's like life. You know, you start, you start getting, you know, putting those things aside and trying to hide them and sweep them under. It's going to come back to bite you. Amen. Deal with it now. Amen. Uh, Brother Bob. Uh, Brother Dave, I was sharing with, uh, with uh, Pastor Ernie here, uh, Chaplain Ernie, about me venting, uh, literally, <laughs> I told him I feel bad because I think he's got it worse than me, and yet he, he's my best friend, and I, I vented out on him today. <laughs> uh, he should have been the last person to go to, but he's my closest friend, and I couldn't think of anybody else. <laughs> A lot of times we forget yep. what happened before you know, Christ uh, came to the disciples and began to wash them. Uh, he came up to them and he said, "You know, you call me Lord, and you say, well, mm -hmm. so I am. But uh, I'm your master, in other words. Mm -hmm. But a servant doesn't know what his master does. Right. I have showed you all things. And when it was all said and done, Jesus said to them." I don't want to call you servants anymore. Mm -hmm. I want you to be my friends. That's and good. I like what you shared with us about being honest with God and mm -hmm. talk to him as a, as a friend. Amen. Because glory to God, we do have a friend yeah. in Jesus. Yeah. That sticks closer. That's 
than a brother. Than a brother. Amen. And at times, uh, I, want you to, uh, I want you guys to know that I do uh, talk to Jesus as Amen. my friend. Amen. Praise God. Praise his name forever. Amen. Any other comments on that? Let's move on to question 11. Write in your own words the teachings on love that you glean from Galatians chapter 6 and 1 John 3.14 and then verse 16 to 18. So uh, media crew, if you can bring up uh, 1 John chapter 3 verse 14. There we go. Yeah. We know, we know that, we that we have passed from death to life because, because we love the brethren. Wait a minute, what's that, what's that saying? How do you know you've been saved? How do you know that you have eternal life? What, what's the proof? Oh, I go to church every Sunday. I read the Bible. I got a cross around my neck. This is, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Because you're obeying the, 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 the new, the last commandment that Jesus gave. Love one another as I have loved you. He who does not love his brother abides in death. You know, that's heavy. That, that's, man, that's heavy. That, that's hitting me like a ton of bricks right now. Amen. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Amen. And uh, so Christians aren't perfect sometimes. And sometimes we do have some, we have, uh, some problem with a brother or sister. Amen. And it's important that if you do, to get that worked out. Amen. Yeah. That's scripture. Amen. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Uh, yeah. Amen. Uh, Pastor Ernie? We had, uh, this was in the 80s. A pastor friend of mine asked me, you know, fasting and prayer in the church and that kind of thing. And he says, well, you want to go on a weekend retreat with me? Is it Menracy Retreat over in Broomfield? Oh. I says, yeah. And I didn't know exactly what that was. And we were going to go there and spend the whole weekend in prayer and fasting. <laughs> well, come to find out, so did the, the Catholic friars. And so we got into the place. And I asked the friar, does this have something to do with food? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't think that was that funny. But that, was, that was quite a weekend because those brothers pray. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were praying from morning to night. And they were good brethren. We got to talk some and share a little bit about our different doctrines and, and what that means and about prayer. And, again, loving the brethren, right. you know, Baptist, Catholic, Assembly of God, whatever. We're called to love the brethren and those who aren't our brothers. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, 
It's serious business. And then uh, there was, uh, from uh, 1 John uh, chapter 3, there was also verses 16, 17, and 18. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. How, how far do we take that? Amen. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Wow, that's a tough one, huh? Amen. Amen. My little children, let us not love in word or lip service or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. Amen. And I think I mentioned a couple, three weeks back, how we, we, you know, the older generation, those old crusty uh, fathers and grandfathers, they'd never say, I love you. But they, but they went to work every day and they made sure that you had shoes and clothes and, yeah, and food on the table. And, so and it might have been a little rough around the edges. And then when they get a little older, the, uh, and get grandkids and soften up like a big teddy bear, you know. <laughs> and the love was always there, amen. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard for some people to express, amen. So if you can't express it with a flowery word, just do it, amen. Just do it, amen. Just like Nike, just do it, amen. Amen, praise God. Uh, so, um, but it said to write in your own words the teachings of love that you glean. Amen. Sister Liz, what do you glean uh, from those scriptures? Um, so when I was thinking about it, uh, what I wrote was, as Christians, if we're going to talk about it, we need to be about it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who will be like, yeah, you know, you know, we need to do all things in love like Jesus did. But then... You know, as soon as they're in the church parking lot and somebody cuts them off, that state bird is up in the air. Mm -hmm. You know? So if we're gonna preach it to people, then we need to live what we're preaching. If we're gonna if we're gonna say that other people need to do it, we need to be the example we need to do it too. Right. You know, because that's what we're called for. We're supposed to do all things in love just like Jesus did. So yeah, like I said, if you're gonna talk about it, be about it. Mm-hmm. Don't just, you know, don't just flap your gums. Actually put action to words. Amen. Somebody else? I said, follow the golden rule. Love and treat others the way you know. Amen. 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 Golden rule. Yeah. Good example. Amen. Let's go on to the second sec or the, uh, the next section here. Uh, Galatians chapter 6. This deals with verses 11 through 15. Becoming a new creation in Christ. Amen. Transformation. Amen. That's, that, that's, a, that's an awesome thing. And it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't just happen. Amen. I mean, you, you can walk down the sidewalk and fall in a hole. Amen. But you're not going to be transformed just by falling into something. Amen. It, it takes cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It takes application of the, of the Word of God. It, it takes, uh, it, it, you know, it, it takes a cooperating spirit to be transformed. Amen. 
It's like the old uh, silly joke about, you know, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb has to want to change. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you got to want to change. You got to have your heart in this thing. Amen. Praise God. Jesus, Jesus has all the skin in the game. Amen. We, we're just reaping the benefits from what he did on the cross. Amen. But mm -hmm. we, you know, we got to get in this thing for the right reason. And, and, and we, we got to, you know, have a heart uh, to want to be transformed. Right. Amen. Praise God. But today, I, I think you're so correct. Personal accountability uh, is to where we take some culpability and responsibility for where we are. Mm -hmm. and, and so you say, yeah, I need to want to change. And you know what? I started getting better at some of the things in my life when I started saying, stop saying, well, I really want this, but my behavior didn't model it. And when I mm -hmm. just said, you know what? This is what I want because this is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> this really, really want. I, I want a different result, but this is what I want by my actions. And when I started to get honest with myself, stuff started to change. Right. You know? And, and sometimes that's it, just honesty. And sometimes, it, sometimes transformation is not fun. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> so, sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it, uh, it, it's uh, dealing with uh, is dealing with things in our lives that we would rather cover up and hide away. Yeah. Amen. You know, again, Paul is showing his heart here. See how he, see with what large letters I've written to you with my own hand. You know, read. <laughs> Amen. He, he's putting his heart out there for the people. And, you know, all of us can, can learn something from that, you know. <laughs> and it's like the children of Israel. Yeah. They wandered around in the desert for 40, 40 years, years around the same mountain. Oh, and Lord. it was just a, it was just a few days journey to the, to the destination. Yeah. But because uh, uh, of the sinful nature and, and not wanting to yield to God, they ended up walking around and around in circles. Amen. And we do the same thing. Amen. Uh, we do the same thing. Uh, that's, why, that's why it's in the Bible. It's because it's human nature and it deals with us, deals with us too. Amen. Uh, so let's, let's read uh, verses uh, 11 uh, to 15. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many, as many as desire to make a good, a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And, verse, and question 12 says, what would motivate those who force inappropriate or unnecessary religious behavior. Amen. What, what motivates these people? Amen. To, to, to force upon others 
inappropriate or unnecessary religious behavior. Legalism. Amen. Amen. Insecurity and self-righteousness. Yeah. Right. They want to feel better about themselves, so they they can't just stand the fact that everybody can be saved, and I don't have to do I don't have to do anything, which doesn't make me better than anybody. Amen. We're all on the same level. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Sister Liz. I was gonna say I I wrote legalism as well, but yeah. mm-hmm. I was just thinking that you know I know for some people that they force you know, inappropriate or unnecessary like religious ruling and behavior on people, it's because they want to be able to have power over those people. Right. Because if I if I was to put a you know a rule that like nobody's allowed to wear green and anybody who wears green is, you know, a spawn of Satan or something like that and I never wear green, I'm gonna feel like I'm more righteous than you when you show up in green because you're wrong for doing it. I already told you that. <laughs> Look at me, I'm better than you at being a Christian because I don't do that. Right. Some It's like the only way some people can elevate themselves is by putting somebody else down. And what was happening in in the Galatians there, there was was Judaizers that were trying to compel uh, Gentiles to abide by the law. And Paul says they were doing it to avoid persecution. So, so basically, if they're going by the law, then, then all those other Jews are not going to say, are you Christians? And then start persecuting them. But if they were following the law, so, well, they, must be, they must be Jews. So if we get everybody on the same page, we can avoid all this persecution. So all you got to do is be circumcised and, and then don't eat pork and don't eat shellfish and don't do this and don't do that. And, and then everybody, everybody will be, be fine. But Christ gets buried in all that. You see that later um, when Paul and Peter, they get into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> because when, before the Jews show up, Peter's eating with the Gentiles, right. which Jews don't do. He might have even had them, had them a few pieces of bacon. You never right. know. <laughs> right. But as soon as they show up, he acts like he doesn't know them. Mm-hmm. And he won't eat with them, and he's acting funny. And so Paul puts them on blast like, no, that's fake. <laughs> You've, you've been living under grace all this time and these people show up and you allow religious pressure to make you act under law again. Right. And sometimes we do that too in the church. We, so nobody will say anything about us. You know, I had somebody, he was joking, but he wasn't one of my buddies. I was preaching and uh, he saw me Sunday. He said, so you changed? I said, no, I ain't changed. I just changed the top I had on another jacket. He said, that's what you wore to church? I said, that's what I preached at. <laughs> and, he just, and, and he just looked at me and he shook his head <laughs> you know but at, at the same time I love him but I'm not going to go get a coat and a suit and tie and put on to make him feel any better now if I'm at his church I probably would do that we, we good buddies but at the same time how many times do we walk in bondage trying to please other people mm-hmm. yeah, that's true mm-hmm. yeah. you know that and we won't be free go ahead brother Bob I'm sorry must be careful because uh, our Lord Jesus Christ was very, very uh, forward and uh, straightforward with the Pharisees. We don't have a doctrine of our own. And this is what Jesus said to the Pharisees. He says, in vain you teach the doctrines of men. 
Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. And he said, on top of that, you lay burdens on other people's shoulders that you yourself will not lift with your little finger. <laughs> right, right. And usually when you find uh, uh, people being bogged down with legalism and works and all that, the, the, the person is just dictating them. He's not doing it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I believe that's, that's more often the case than not. Yeah. And uh, it, it, uh, this is why I enjoy these studies so much. Because you get to learn and discern the scriptures and have them expounded to you, enlightened to you by the Holy Spirit who knows all about them. <laughs> he is the one that uh, uh, enlightens us of the knowledge of the scriptures and the meaning of them. That's you why just, the disciples had to come to Jesus and explain right. this to us. Glory to God. Mm. If you, have, you don't understand something, praise say, God. God, the Holy Spirit, please help me understand this. You know, a lot of times, uh, I remember uh, one time me and Caleb, we went on this, uh, it's kind of like a men's weekend. And he was only like, Oh, probably four or five years old. He was just a little, little guy. And uh, Caleb had a hot dog in his hand, and he drops his ha a hot dog on the ground. And uh, one of the brothers had, had his dog there. It was, it was a big old hound dog. And that hound dog went, and he swallowed the whole hot dog in one gulp. Yeah. And uh, it was like, <laughs> well, there went your hot dog. Uh, <laughs> Amen. And sometimes I think we do that with the Word of God. We just gulp it down. Yeah. We, don't, we don't take the time uh, to, to chew it up and, and, and chew it up in the nice, you know, nice small, small chunks, you know, to where it will go down easy and also digest easy. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. We need to take some time on the Word of God. Amen. Uh, Let's go on to uh, next question. How does Paul sum up the performance or how does he assess those who force such behavior in uh, uh, verse 13? Uh, what's Paul's description of these people from, uh, from verse 13? Can you back up a couple uh, scriptures there? So uh, one more, first uh, yeah. yeah. For e not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Amen. They do it to impress other people with their spiritual prowess and their spiritual control over others. Amen. Amen. But uh, I, I want to hear what uh, y'all have to say. Uh, uh, about those that force behavior. Sister Liz, what do, what do you have for that? I said uh, they do not practice what they preach and right. they brag about forcing others to follow laws that they themselves are not abiding by. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we, we have a lot of that that still goes on to this day. You mm -hmm. know, and you'll meet people who will tell you, like, I, I've had these discussions with people where, you know, when I first came to Christ, you know, 
really early on, maybe a year or two into my walk, and people were like, well, you know, you're a Christian now, well, you should probably, you know, think about getting your tattoos removed. You know, <laughs> you're a Christian now, you should, you should take your jewelry out. You know, you, you, you definitely need to wear, like, long sleeves all the time. And, you know, uh, you, know you should uh, do this and do that. And, and it was just a bunch of, mm-hmm. it was a bunch of baloney. Yeah. But, you know, I remember I had the conversation with this person, and I told them, I said, listen, when Jesus called me to his family, and he wanted me to follow him, when he came to me, and I was finally able to hear him, I was like, he knew who he was calling. Mm-hmm. He knew my baggage, he knew my good, my bad, my ugly, and everything in between. Oh, wow, sister. He mm-hmm. knew the things that I liked, the things that I disliked, the things that I liked that I shouldn't like. He knew all of it. <laughs> right. And still yet, he called me by name. Praise God. To be, to be his. And I told that person, you know, uh, I'm not going to change anything about the way that I present myself unless God puts it on my heart to do it. Right. So, and I'll tell you right now, He's not once put it on my heart to stop doing <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> but you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a barrier that people put on people. Yeah. And it, it it's just, it's just silly. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. You're not, you're not making yourself look any better by putting somebody else down. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Amen. Pastor Willie. Well, Dave, I think one of the the uh, effects of sin. Uh, on on us in the fall was that we began to pervert what God created us to do. And he created a man for woman and we perverted that. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest perversions we overlook is God says he created man and he put him in the earth to to have dominion and to subdue it. And instead of trying to subdue the earth and have dominion over it, we began to try to have dominion over people. <laughs> right, and that's a completely different type of thing. Instead of dominating the earth and, and, and ruling the earth, we make it our life's goal. Why do we have wars among James says? Because of your own lust. We're right. always trying to dominate. We're always trying to be the biggest and the baddest. Mm-hmm. And that human fleshly nature sometimes finds its way in the church. And you'll notice it when you see more emphasis on hierarchy than you do on fellowship. Right. And, and, and things like that. And this is good to be, give honor where honors do and all those things. But a lot of times, a lot of the stuff we do in church is to dominate mm-hmm. and to have dominion. That's why there are no big king pulpit chairs up there or anything like that. Or you'll see me sit anywhere because I'm personally trying to send a message that there's no dominating in here. Mm-hmm. We're all one in Christ Jesus and we're all servants. I had people walk up to me sometimes and this lady walked up to me one time, asked me, is the pastor any good? Can he preach? I said, he's okay. <laughs> and, uh, but I took that to heart and I liked that. You know why? Because she couldn't look at how I dressed. She couldn't look at how I interacted with people and tell me from anybody else. That means we have a group of believers that are loving, that are, that are friendly, and nobody's trying to dominate the other. We're all co-laborers, Paul would say, together with Christ. And that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Amen. Praise God. Sister Liz? I was, I was just going to say that I, do, I agree with what Pastor was saying. And I think that, I think 
that fellowship goes a long way, and I love that we do a lot of fellowship things within our church, because yeah. I know a lot of other, there are some other churches that don't do as much of that, mm -hmm. and I think that it's easier when you are a new Christian to walk into a church and find your place amongst the people there when you have opportunities to fellowship with those people and you realize that even though this person over here they may be in their 60s, but hey, listen, they like Marvel movies just like you. Just the, I mean, yeah, they love Jesus, but they also like a good Spider-Man film. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nice. It, it personalizes people. Right. It brings them down to a relatable level and you understand that like, oh, okay, like, Pastor will play, you know, foster cross with people at parties and stuff like that. You know, it's like he's not just going to sit there on a throne and, and just look at everybody, you know. <laughs> it makes it more relatable. That's and right. I think mm. that fellowship kind of gets pushed to the wayside sometimes that we forget to do that kind of stuff. Right. To take that time to, like, to really get to know one another. It's important because the more we know one another and the more time we spend with one another, the better that we can lift each other up. You know, and it becomes a mutually, you know, beneficial relationship where we can find ways to, you know, bring positivity to the other people in the church. You know, you're, you're going to get yeah. to know these people, so you're going to know, like, oh, you know, Brother Dave normally makes jokes, and he wasn't really joking today. Maybe something's wrong with him. <laughs> you're going to pick up on that, right. and you're going to make a point to stop and ask him how, how he's feeling. And if you didn't have that fellowship to get to know people, then nobody would know any different. Mm hmm you know, and that's part of that walk, walking with one another. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, uh, it kind of uh, resonates, the, the, the relationship. Have you ever had someone say, how you doing today? And you go, oh, I'm doing good. And then one of your closest friends comes by, how you doing today? Not, I'm not doing well at all. I, I, I didn't sleep last night. And the kids got my nerves all up. You know, you know two different people. But your hand, you had two different answers too, right. for yeah. the for the same question, and uh, relationship allowed you to be able to be vulnerable enough to, yeah. you know, to expose your uh, your your issues to to someone that you trusted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. And when we when we present ourselves when we're in church and we present ourselves as the true authentic version of ourselves, it makes it easier for the other people who are around us and new members to also come in and be authentically themselves as well. Mm -hmm. And you can't expect somebody to be honest with you when they are struggling. And, and you know, they may be struggling just with the fact that their kids aren't listening, but maybe they're struggling with sin and they're thinking about a way that they can reach out to somebody and maybe get help for that or maybe some direction, but they don't know how to communicate with you. They think you're unreachable. You know? Right. And, and it would be like if we didn't have the fellowships that we have, and, you know, I, on Sunday I, I go up and I sing off the, on the stage, but anybody who's just walking in who doesn't know any better, you know, they might walk up, they might see me on the stage, and they might think, oh, well, she's got all her stuff together. Look at her up there. You know, she probably knows everything there is about the Bible, and she definitely doesn't have any struggles. And I'm going to be the first person to tell you, no, I struggle. I'm still learning my Bible. And if you got any questions, if I can't answer them, I could probably point you in the direction of somebody who can. Right. You know, but it, building that relationship is what allows us to be comfortable in that kind of situation, and that's really important towards, that's part of that love that, that Jesus talks about, because he dined with the sinners. He didn't tell them to clean up and come to him and, and be like him before they could eat with him. 
He took them the way that they were, and then he helped them be better. Right. So we have, and, and I've spoken on this before, it's just about being more authentic. Mm -hmm. If we are more honest with ourselves and with other Christians in the church, then we're, we'll be able to bring a lot more fish in at right. the end of the day. Because there's a lot of misconceptions on what a Christian looks like because there's a lot of falsies on how sometimes we present ourselves as Christians. Right. We present ourselves as perfect. And <coughs> Right. And, you know, you uh, triggered something in, in me because uh, sometimes with the group dynamics and the church dynamics and stuff, sometimes there's not a, uh, there's not a, uh, the freedom to be real. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, the church standards and, and this, yeah. you're, you're not allowed to be a human being. You, yeah. you got to be this. You, you, you got to be this uh, polished, uh, perfect Christian, or, uh, or you just don't fit in around here. Mm -hmm. There you go. I mean, uh, I'm sure that some of us have probably seen uh, things over the years that, you know, you can't show your weakness. You can't, you can't trust anybody to say, you know, I really struggle with this, you know. And, you know, I've, seen, I've been in situations like that, and sometimes the biggest offenders are ones that say amen the loudest. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> uh, the, the part of being in a, in, in, a, in a good body or a good Christian assembly is being able to, to have faults and failures. Yeah. You know, uh, what uh, was it, James, that said to confess your faults one to, to one to uh, another? You know, a lot of places, you don't do that. Mm -mm. You'll, be a, you'll be a marked man if you start telling people uh, you got issues. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hmm. But we, we should be, uh, uh, I guess, mature enough to know that if I don't have it together, I know that, you know, Sister Liz don't have it together either. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we, uh, we can't throw stones around this place. Amen. Because we all live in a glass house. Amen. And, but what does that force us to do? Force us to be a little more uh, uh, forgiving, a little more uh, giving someone uh, the benefit of a doubt, a little more, you know, you know, I'll pray for you. Amen. Hey, I got my issues too. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. We'll get through this thing. We're in the same boat. You know, we're, we're going to the same destination. Let's get there together and let's help each other right. instead of, you know, being like the proverbial uh, craw, uh, crawfish in a bucket, you know, none of them can crawl out because one starts getting a little, uh, one starts making a little, a little headway and, and getting out of the bucket, and then one grabs his leg and pulls him back down. Amen, amen. Let, let's help each other in this race. Amen. You know, brother Dave, I, I think pastors are the world's worst about that. I had a conversation with a group of people one time, and I was telling them that the reason a lot of pastors, reason the pastors leave ministry or that their ministries get ruined mm -hmm. is because they could have been helped before, but they had nobody to go to. Right, um, right. They, they, Especially they, leadership. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, they, and you say, well, you got a bishop. Okay, so you're going to tell your bishop you're struggling with pornography mm. or that you and your wife having issues or, or this is going on. And they're going to give you a good godly response. No, they're going to they're gonna hang you up and they're going to crucify you as an example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's what, how pastors feel. So you know what they do? 
they hide those things yep. and they lie to themselves and say that's okay i can fix it i can make this better and you can't because the bible says confess your faults to one another that you may be healed mm -hmm. and i've seen so many pastors and i know so many pastors that feel like they're in a bubble they don't have anybody that you can go to and say i'm struggling with this will you pray for me and they feel the need to not look human to not look weak they feel the need to preach it and on some of the stuff they're preaching a lot of times they'll be over preaching it because they're struggling with that thing and they're not just preaching to the people they trying to preach themselves out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and you be like, why is he preaching so much on this? Because he's struggling on it. He ain't preaching to you, he preaching to him. <laughs> and, and he figuring if he can preach enough, maybe he can work his way out of it until all the dominoes just fall. And then all of a sudden people are like, I can't believe that and this person failed. And that's the, the, you know what? That's the reason they didn't come to you in the first place because there was no grace. Yeah. Jesus was full of grace and truth. You can have truth and grace at the same time and i think we as the church all together have to find a better model for healing hurting people mm. and when people come to you and they're honest being able to say i might not accept the sin but i accept you right right <laughs> and let's work you through Amen. these things especially for our leaders in an age where it's hard any denomination you're talking to right now everybody i talk to in every denomination is having the same problem they're struggling to get pastors especially young pastors because once you watch the whole bunch of people on the firing squad nobody's signing up for the army anymore you know yeah. <laughs> right and they're not doing it and so i think that you just struck something with me let me get off my soapbox but i i, I talk to a lot of hurting pastors and i've had pastors reveal stuff to me and they won't help, but they won't because if they tell somebody, the their ministry is over. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's how the church handles it. We just throw you away. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Anybody ever uh, been in one of those churches when the pastor starts preaching on something, people start looking around, trying to figure out who he's preaching about. <laughs> I've seen that. Or <laughs> 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 Amen. They really aim it from their heart to someone, <laughs> but they preach it to the whole country. Yeah. yeah. And you can tell that right away. <laughs> and I've been in those churches too. The pastors, those preachers, everybody knows who they're who he's talking about. You know, yeah. they're over there like over in the corner and just. <laughs> Amen. But we we need to to have a an atmosphere where we can be real. We can be mm -hmm. authentic. You know, we can have faults and failures and still be saved. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that, you know, here, you're, you're all right just like you are in your sin. No, that's not, no, a, that's that's not no, what that's no, saying no. at all. It's saying, hey, let's, let's pray for each other. Let's help each other uh, through this uh, thing called life. Amen. Mm -hmm. Sister Liz. I was, I was thinking about grace because the pastor had mentioned it. And, you know, as Christians, we're very... You know, once we feel, once we get our calling and stuff like that, we're very quick to accept the grace that Jesus gives to us. Mm -hmm. But then in the same token, you know, we're thankful for the grace that he gives us, but we don't give ourselves a lot of grace. Yeah. And I think that when we have strong fellowship, like doing things like what we do right here, right now, <coughs> discussing how our minds process the scripture and these questions that make us reflect, we receive grace for our faults from our 
you know, the other parishioner members because they learn who we are. Mm -hmm. They learn a little bit about who, what we struggle with or, or and things like that, and they extend grace to us, and then in turn, we learn to give grace to ourselves. And when we start giving ourselves grace, that's when the grace that Jesus gives us really is able to start working within okay. us because until we're willing to accept that we ourselves have faults and it doesn't make us inherently evil to have those faults, it's mm -hmm. just something that we're struggling with. And, and yes, a sin is bad, but that doesn't mean that you are bad. It means you're struggling with sin. Mm -hmm. And that's where that grace comes in. And we learn that the other people in the church are just as, they, they're flawed like us. They, they struggle like us. You're more willing to be give yourself grace to learn and to grow and right. to be able to improve yourself as a person. And then the Holy Spirit is really able to move within you and work within you at that point because you're letting your defenses down. You're letting your walls down, those protective barriers that you've learned to build up from hurt in your life. Yeah. Because if those mm -hmm. walls are there, the Holy Spirit is going to he's gonna wait, you know, until you're ready to let him in there and deal with it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're resistant, you're resistant. Mm -hmm. But I think that the fellowship that we have and learning to give other people around us grace for sins that might be similar to the sins that we're struggling with really helps us to give mm -hmm. ourselves grace to learn how to overcome our sins. Amen. And hopefully some, maybe somebody online, it, mm -hmm. it's, it was under a, a, you know, Christian under false pretenses, uh, uh, hiding uh, a lot of struggles and thinking that you have to be perfect and have to walk on water uh, to be go. saved and... Uh, and uh, that's just not the case. We, we will struggle till our, till, uh, our dying day. But, you know, if, if we submit to the Holy Spirit and, and uh, apply the Word of God, we can get better. Mm, yes. we, we can be a better version of ourselves uh, by God's help. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And, uh, you know, the Bible says the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> and I fully intended to finish, finish up tonight, <laughs> Pastor Willie, but... <laughs> We're once again out of time, but I know we hit some deep stuff tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, the comments of the crowd brought out a lot of things, and, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, even some of us that's been around for a long time uh, has seen uh, a little uh, more depth, in, in, uh, you know, in this Christian walk. That, uh, you know, we don't have to be perfect, but we're still striving for perfection. Yeah. Amen. 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 Because that's the so goal. <laughs> that's the goal. The goal is to, is, is to walk straight down the line and not veer to the left or to the right. Knowing that, you know, none of us is going to actually do that. But, you know, as we struggle, as we uh, strive, we, we get a little better. Amen. Is, and I guess the part of it is just not to get the attitude that uh, in that we're a whole lot better than a lot of other people. Amen. Mm. And uh, when we can keep all those things in balance, uh, you know, we'll be like uh, Brother Lonnie. Uh, when, when we've gone on, there'll be a lot of people that gather around and say a lot of good stuff about us. Amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. Pastor Willie. Give Brother David a hand. This has been a phenomenal, phenomenal course. Uh, I'm not going to be long because 
we got to get ready. Winterfest is this weekend. Um, so we're, we're getting ready for Winterfest. There's some people coming over from Greenfield to help us get packed and things. Uh, so some of the youth will be out. Some of our media team will be out. But praise God, we got a big enough media team. We got plenty of people still, still left behind that can, can, can roll. Mark's like, you looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I think we'll still have behind. Yeah, two or three or four. Uh, so that'll be good. So make sure you show up. Make sure you support the church. Um, this is the ministry the Lord has given us charge of that each one of us plays a part in it. Uh, if the Lord has placed on your heart to give to Winterfest uh, and you have not done so, I don't think we've had anybody uh, give like we did for camp. Pray about it. Pray about helping somebody or helping another parent or whatever the case may be. I think we may have um, four or five. I don't know how many going. Huh? Four kids. Four kids going and three workers. So we'll represent well for my our, our church. Uh, Zach and Shania actually will be going to work the media department for camp. So um, I'm actually happy for our church. We're we're beginning to get involved regionally uh, again, and this church is starting to have have an effect and, and things like that. So we're grateful for them serving and learning and learning to serve. And, Caleb got a worker. I probably snatch him too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so grateful to you guys. Going to pray. Going to let you go. If you're watching online, if you didn't hear anything else, I want you to hear this. There's grace at the cross for you. Um, there's grace at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're going through. And guess what? Even after you're saved, if you're saved and you're still struggling, you don't have to tell everybody your business, but find somebody that you can trust. Pray to God to give you somebody that you can confide in. If you can't find that person right away, cast your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you. There's not a perfect person under the world. Um, Brother Dave, I think the first thing, and I don't condone this, but as a little kid, I think what blew my mind was the first time I heard a church mother cuss. She didn't know I, I was a little kid, and she didn't know I was around. You know, look kids we inconspicuous <laughs> yeah. and it was it was outside of the church and i heard her say some things and it wasn't the holy tongue <laughs> and it just blew my mind that church people aren't perfect Amen. now lest a religious person get on the line no i'm not condoning foul language that's that's not what i'm saying the point is that we are all imperfect and and we all have issues uh jesus had peter on his squad and you know Pete had a problem with, with saying a few words every now and then. And, <laughs> and other people that he had, everybody that Jesus used was flawed. They had some kind of issue from Noah to Abraham to David. Because You know why? Because we live in sinful flesh. But thank God for his grace that he supersedes that and works in us. And his perfection works in our imperfection. And, and through that, isn't that amazing how he can work through somebody so unworthy and still be glorified? Praise God. I'm not going to keep you. I'm going to pray for you. I want to thank you guys. I'm in the mode of giving thanks. Thank you for coming. If you if you retired or if you had work, you made a conscious decision and effort to be here to invest in your spiritual growth. And I want to give you a hand clap tonight. If you're online, give the ones online that we got some people in there. Um, I'm pretty sure there are people that I did not see, and some people I might not know where they're from, but I think tonight we saw people from Detroit. We saw people from um, Mississippi. We saw people from uh, Indiana. We saw people from uh, Georgia, and I'm pretty sure quite a, quite a few other places, uh, and we're grateful for those people. 
who took the time to worship with us. Thank you so much. And Brother Dave, don't worry about it. We're, we're chewing. We're in the chewing phase in church. We're, I, we're not planning on going anywhere. Lord said the same. We got time. Let's take our time and, and, and walk through this slow so we all, everybody can get it and we can, we can, we can feast on it. God, I thank you. I thank you for this night. I thank you for those who have come out. Uh, to make this night what it is with your spirit working on the inside of us and agreeing uh, one with the other, God. And I thank you uh, for it. And I ask that you cover us, cover this weekend for all those who are going to Winterfest from all four states or however many states they're going to be, God. And I pray that you you make it an impactful weekend for our youth uh, and cover our praise teams and all those people and the directors that are going to be there. Uh, cover everyone that's going to be involved. And Lord, for the churches that are behind, I pray that ministry is done even stronger in an even stronger way this weekend with or without uh, the senior pastors at the helm, God. We pray, God, that we're just, that you work a mighty work, God, and that you be shown strong and mighty. And we give you the praise and we give you the thanks. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.